We are reaching the climax of the Champions League tournament with the massive semi-final matchups taking place. We have experienced continued changing positions atop the Premier League and at the bottom. How will things finish in the end? We'll give our best bets on it and we'll even cover why you should be taking note of what is happening in the exciting championship. We will cover all this and more on the supporter section. Grab your scars. We start episode 69 right now. Well, welcome into the supporter section. I am Cole Carter, and this is episode 69 of the supporter section podcast. Go ahead and leave a like and subscribe if you have not already, because look, guys, we are so close to 100 subscribers, and we would love to get there as soon as possible. So go ahead and help us out if you're new around here. I'm with my good friends, Brandon Pacing and Stephen Curl. We have the whole gang together this week, so you know it's going to be a great podcast, and we're going to get things kicked off with our golden scarf awards this goes to the person team thing or whatever we thought deserved some praise from this previous weekend steven you're gonna get us kicked off of the golden scars who do you got yeah i got kevin de bruyne this man is unstoppable uh i was just watching his performance over the weekend versus leeds and he had this like he received a ball in from Gundogan to set up Erling Holland. Perfect. We'll talk about that game a little bit more. He ended up missing the chance, but he is just bosses games. He scored a goal today in the Champions League semifinal, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, he's just that good. He's just that good. And he's the reason why Manchester City will win this amazing treble this year. But love anyways, Kevin. he's we my Kevin around scarf. here. Brandon, who do you give your golden scarf to this week? Yeah, I have to shine some light on the on the bottom half. Everton last week I deemed as good as down, or I think I said I thought they would be going down if I had to predict. Um, not so fast, they said. Uh, they got a shock result at the weekend, beating Brighton five to one, um, and that game will potentially keep them up. We'll have to see. But big shout out to Everton there. And I want to cover a league that we don't always cover week to week, but is obviously a big player in the grand scheme of things in Europe, and that is Serie A. And Napoli winning that Serie A title to capture the club's first Scudetto in 33 years, back when a man named Diego Maradona helped lead the club to glory. Then this is Napoli's third title, and it did it even after selling mainstay players like Koulibaly and Insignia. Amazing stuff out of Sirion after eight years of domination from the old lady Juventus. We have had four different winners in four consecutive seasons. Sort of a refreshing sight in the modern landscape of sports, especially look at the Premier League and other leagues where it seems like the big spenders are always winning consecutively. Love seeing that. Congratulations to Napoli. I mean, the celebrations were just insane. Fireworks all throughout the city, guys. A sight to see. Congratulations to them. And their 12 different kits they wore this season. Maybe not always the best sight to see on the field with their kits. But we move on to the Champions League. The Champions League semifinals are here. You know things are ramping up at this part of the year. And the semifinals are always amazing watches. And we got kicked off as we recorded this today with Real Madrid and Manchester City. And it was bangers all around at the Bernabeu. 36 minutes in, Eduardo Camavinga, the guy who's already won everything you can win at 20 years old, dribbles purposefully up the field and lays the ball off to Vinny Jr. guys who, my goodness, what an emphatic blast he had from outside the box. 
beating Ederson who could do just not enough to even get a hand on the shot. A little bit blocked by Ruben Diaz with his vision. It was just that split second late. But Steven, you gave him the golden scarf. Tell me what Kevin did in the 67th minute tonight. Oh my goodness. Yes, Manchester City looked like they were dragging, um, very leggy, as you would say. Uh, but again, against the run of play, Kevin De Bruyne receives the ball. that gets a half chance and just outside the box bangs it. Um, just both, mm-hmm. I think both of his feet left the ground on that strike as well. Which, when you know they're doing that, when Kevin's doing that, that ball's traveling so fast um so it was just amazing an amazing goal to see i prefer these kinds of goals these kind of daisy cutters if you will tyler arnold looking at you um more so than the curlers and uh the kind of technical goals that just when a player puts his chest over the ball and just cranks it so um and that's what he did he got manchester city back in that game and a big crucial goal going into this um second leg back in manchester so you know Kevin getting it done when Manchester City looked like they, they were dominating, but um, they had nothing yeah, to show no, for That was a beautiful stinger. Moment. I mean, left the Madrid crowd silence. Kevin himself was even overcome with this great emotion after he scored his hands in his face. Like, it looked like he was almost crying. Like you said, incredible technique from the Belgian superstar. Um, it's just what we come to expect from him now. He's just always coming up with these beautiful goals. Uh, just an incredible player. Potentially, you know, they're talking about in the post-game show with Henri and uh, Jamie Carragher, um, just how he might be just the most brain, like, complete player um, in the world. Definitely showed it in that goal. And then we did see Chuamini late with the crack at goal, but was saved by Ederson. Um, just left the shot a little bit too close to the keeper, despite the shot's great speed. Um, if he had maybe found just a little bit more of that corner, potentially could have seen Real Madrid go 2-1 up in the tie. But that was not to be. And so the semifinal is left tied 1-1 to after the first leg in Madrid. And Brent, I want to go to you, and I want to know who has the advantage going into Manchester United next week. We have the defending champions in Madrid, but we have Manchester going back home. What kind of advantage do you see going from either team into this one? You know, I think you might want to say Manchester City, but I'm going to say Real Madrid. Um, They've done it before. That helps out a lot. Their league is basically done. Um, They can't win it. They're not playing in anything else. They are, I think, the only team in the world that can match Manchester City like we saw today. They're going to be up for that one. They don't care home or away. They are a phenomenal footballing side. So I think it's Real Madrid slightly. I'd have to edge them over Manchester City going into the second leg. Now, will they win it? I don't know, but man, I'm not betting against Real Madrid this year. I'm not doing it. Steve, what about you? Anyone have a, a big hand in this one? Yeah, I mean, my heart is just screaming Manchester. Uh, not Manchester, uh, Real Madrid. But my brain's saying Manchester City. Erling Holland was not even involved in this game. And guess what? He's a pretty good player. Dare I say the best striker in the world. So... Uh, Manchester City will be looking to get guys like him involved, and they just have so much depth on that bench. So does Real Madrid, but I really think Erling Holland, it's it's his time to shine. And I'm really curious what lineup we'll get into this a little bit later. That Manchester City will be putting out on Sunday in the Premier League as they play against Everton, but I just 
scratch that game does not matter. I I think Erling Holland is going to explode this game for some reason. I don't know why, but I think he's going to have a couple goals. I think if the match plays anything like the first one, I think it will favor Man City just because they're controlling the game with possession. It took a moment of brilliance from Vinicius Jr. to create that goal, and I just don't see them creating the same chances that City is capable, especially on off day like you just said from Holland. If he's on that second leg, there's no telling. You get one ball from Kevin to put it in on a header, whatever. You serve it on the silver platter, and Erling is going to score. So I think the the favor rests in Manchester City's hands, and it feels like they may be en route to their first Champions League title. But all that remains to be seen. You cannot discount the reigning champions and the reigning kings of Europe. We've seen them do it, what, 13 times? Seeking their 14th? Um, pretty incredible to see. But an intriguing matchup we have over in Milan, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and the Milan Derby to decide a Champions League spot in the final and even more unique is that both matches will obviously be playing at the San Siro. Fun. I don't know if that's ever happened before, if they played a semifinal together, um, but pretty sick to see. Uh, the two Milanese teams sit fourth and fifth, respectively, in Serie A. So if the loser, there's potentially Champions League qualification ramifications um, at play here. If the next team wins the title, um, if they're in fourth or fifth, then they might get that Champions League spot next season. Um, that may not be at the top of their mind right now, but it may be coming into play. Inter are unbeaten their last six with five wins in all competitions, while AC Milan are unbeaten in nine matches with four wins. So two relatively informed teams coming into the semifinal. Um, and arguably the winner of this tie will look to continue to assert themselves once again in European royalty. We have two recent Scudetto winners, like I mentioned in Italy. And we know these teams historically are ingrained in European Cup history. So one of, the, one of these teams, though, we know will not be going um, to the next round after this tie. And may leave, excuse me, and may leave the Milan teams wishing this matchup was already won the Champions League final when you consider Man City and Real Madrid are just that extra echelon better. Um, but Brandon, any intriguing thoughts going into this matchup between AC Milan and Inter Milan? <sighs> Yeah, you know, throwing my dark horse bias to the side, which I think I called Inter Milan winning the whole thing um, at the beginning. I I just I think it's a great matchup, and I think it'll be similar to what we saw today against uh, Real Madrid, Man City. Maybe not to that level, but I think it'll be a stalemate of sorts. both teams have great players. I think AC Milan probably has better on paper. Um, so they probably have the edge there. Um, there's not going to be a, a home atmosphere for either team. You know, it's going to be, it's a derby. It's going to be a derby atmosphere for both legs. Um, so it doesn't really matter the home or away. That's, that's a phenomenal thing. Um, it's hard. It's hard to separate these two sides, I think. Um, Rafael Leal is obviously one of the best players in Europe, young players that is, and he'll be having something to say. I think he might be the difference in the in this two two legs, but um, Inter Milan, don't count them out. Um, they they can hunker down and play defense like we saw over the last two leg or last two series. Um, man, it's 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 gonna be a good one. It really is. Yeah, I think um, Inter just came off of a win over Roma. That's sort of an important Champions League spot game that they just had over the weekend. Um, but Lukaku getting, I think, two goals 
in that one might be building up some confidence to show up in a big spot like this against your arch nemesis in AC Milan. Um, that's a player to watch for me. I think he'll be the dictator of what happens in this tie. If he can get on the field and make himself known. Um, but Steve, any intriguing thoughts from you regarding this matchup? Oh man, I, this is not even that big of an analysis at all or anything. But I just hate this for Zlatan. I, I, the fact that he's not on the Champions League roster for AC Milan, sad. But AC Milan, I want them to go through. Um, it's they're just so fun. Both these teams are so fun. I want one of the Milan teams to to win the whole thing, honestly. So I, I know that Man City and the Real Madrid is the is the bigger matchup, but. Gosh, an entire country is just going to be focused in on this Milan Derby. This is something that I don't want to understate. Never happens. And could, not to be dramatic, could never happen. I mean, the way this is working out to be a Milan Derby in a Champions League semifinal is absolutely wild. Yeah, it could be big. It could be big for Italy as they've struggled financially as a whole, a whole league the past couple of years. And, you know, this might be the moment. You know, they get to assert themselves once again, like I said, and it could be a big financial boost for a team like Inter and AC Milan, whose ownership groups have struggled to have any sort of financial stability. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, We'll be rooting for the little guys, um, but it will be hard to see what happens in that final once we get to it. But I want to get to our Premier League review. The Premier League title is still very much up for grabs. And we want to focus on a little bit of Manchester City and their results as of late. Steve, if you could take the lead on this one, give us a recap of what has happened in their last two games. Yes, absolutely. If you thought Manchester City was leaving the door open for Arsenal, you're wrong. Uh, They took care of West Ham uh, of recent. Nathan Ake scoring the 49th goal. Holland in the 70th. Phil Foden, he's still really good. He also grabbed a goal in the 85th. Um, I believe he has 10 goals on the season, and he's still not starting, which is wild. Um, Man City also took care of Leeds, and Big Sam Allendice, Allendice, whatever, his first game. Anyways, um, Sam's first game, and it wasn't going to be enough, even though Erling Holland tried with all of his might to blow this game for Manchester City. He could not put away chance after chance after chance. I might have accidentally scored one if I was out there. Um, No, I wouldn't have. But, no, this game was a Gundogan game, and he had two beautiful goals, very similar outside the box, one laid off by Mares. I forget the assist on the other one. Um, But... So what? there was some drama in this game. There was a penalty shout, I believe, in like the 60th, but sometime in the second half, and Erling Holland uh, gave up the penalty for Gundogan to take, and he ended up missing it. And then Leeds would go ahead and grab a late goal in the 85th minute to make it interesting. Pep was furious on the sidelines, but Manchester City would also get the three points in that game. And they really dominated the game. The scoreline should have been way bigger than what it was. But, yes, so Manchester City taking care of business in their last two games. Steven Curl butchering another game on the Supporter Section podcast. <laughs> we love, we I mean, love seeing that need? from you. You are our name expert around here. Um, thank you for the Manchester City recap. We did have Newcastle and Arsenal and the north part of the country, they went at it in a massive top four matchup. 
lots of repercussions regarding the top of the league. And Brandon, give us a rundown on what happened between Newcastle and Arsenal in this one. This was one of the games of the year for me. It was very much a top four game, high quality all over the pitch, high intensity, and it helps when it's home at St. James Park. That crowd is the best in the Premier League, I think, by a country mile. <clears throat> oh, I, I want to go. I want to go visit one day just just to experience it. To be completely honest with you, but first minute of the game, Jacob Murphy hits one off the post for Newcastle. If that goal would have gone in, we would be sitting here talking about a different result. I have a I have a feeling about that, but it doesn't. It hits the post. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of controversy with VAR checking for a handball, but it's wiped away. Um, and Arsenal, Arsenal, they didn't run away with the game by any means. Um, it was actually pretty back and forth the rest of the game, but they didn't have anything up until their goal, actually, really, with Odegaard taking a shot from outside the box, their captain. Um, Taking matters into his own hands, I mean, it was from like 25 or so out, um, going long through. way out. Yeah, like four people, I want to say. So it was just hard for the goalkeeper to get to it, Nick Pope. But great goal, and that was in the 14th minute. Um, Isaac then hits um, one off the post again. Like, if that goes in, we're, t- we're sitting here talking about a different result. Um, Ramsdale was absolutely phenomenal on the day, making some clutch saves um gabriel martinelli i know we've we've put hype on him in the past he he deserves all of the praise man he is so so good especially at such a young age um doing it all forcing an own goal by fabian char in the 71st minute he's so shifty dude I, i reminds me a little bit of sun actually uh when sun was playing at his peak just Really shifty, taking players one-on-one, could get past anybody, really make things happen. Um, and that's really how, how the game ended. I thought Jorginho was amazing. Um, they chose to play him instead of Partey on the day. Jorginho had a great game. Martinelli, Isaac was electric. Just just an all-round phenomenal top-four matchup. Um, and I was happy I could catch that one. Yeah, no, Martinelli, he even had one hit off the top of the crossbar. He tried looping it over the keeper, and it just got a little bit too high, dinked off of the top of the crossbar. So, yeah, things stay uh, close at the top. Um, In the end, Arsenal just under Man City with three games for the North London side to play with a point down, but City having a game in hand. Steven, what prayers should Arsenal fans be praying if they are to have any hope in believing Arsenal can still win the Premier League title? Um, that Pep makes good on his word that he doesn't care about the Premier League title. Um, that's what we're really going to have to see. Like I was alluded to earlier this Sunday, this is going to be, for some reason, I just think on Sunday with a game, the biggest game of Manchester City's, you know, I mean, it's been the Champions League. That's been the thing that's been eluding them. So every time that they get to a point that there's a chance to win it, it's their biggest game of their club's history, um, you could argue. So with that game coming up this next Wednesday, what lineup are they going to put out Sunday? Are they going to play as intense? It sounds silly. They're all professionals. But at the end of the day, Manchester City going to Goodison Park, that is Arsenal's prayer. They are hyping up Sean Dyche and the boys to go and get a result. Um 
And Everton getting a point at home against Manchester City at this point in the season, I don't think is a crazy thing. So if you're an Arsenal fan, you're lighting the Everton menorah, you're you're singing the Toffee songs, you're wearing blue, and God, you know, you're turning yeah. on that game. Brandon, what Absolutely. do you make of Arsenal chances of still winning this title? I think they showed with the Newcastle result that they're still hanging on just a little bit. And I think they're deserved second place for sure, and they deserve to be in the race for first. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll run through the, the run-in here, but Arsenal only have three games left, but I think it's an easier run-in than Manchester City. Arsenal play Brighton, which is going to be the hardest one out of the, out of the three. Um, Brighton, Nottingham Forest, Wolves. Yeah, you probably expect nine points out of those three games. Brian again could could go differently, and Arsenal need nine points out of those games if if they want to be within a shot. Man City, on the other hand, go and take on Everton this weekend, like you said, and they play that random Chelsea team who you never know what's going to happen. You know they scored three goals this past weekend. What the heck? Um, so you you don't really know with that team again. Brighton. Could still be fighting for Europe on that day. They definitely will be. Um, and then Brentford, who is just such a good team. They're a solid team as well. So I don't know, man. I think Man City can still drop points. I don't think they're unstoppable. I know they're in the groove like we've mentioned. But um, there's points to be dropped there for Man City. I think same for Arsenal. But um, if Arsenal get those nine points, I could see Man City dropping. And then who knows? Who knows from there? Yeah, who has any idea? Steven, you're a Lord of the Rings fan. It kind of reminds me of Gondor calling for aid. Arsenal are lighting the beacons. They are hoping that Everton will answer. Coming off that big, big win, scoring lots of goals, can they get the draw? At the very minimum, against Men City, we'll see if those prayers can be answered for Arsenal. And just below Arsenal and Man City, that race for Europe is getting tighter and tighter. We saw what happened in Newcastle, but Manchester United losing twice in a week. 1-0 to Brighton, 1-0 to West Ham. Steven, this is certainly shaping up to look like a certain piece of glassware. Are we really concerned about a bottle job for Man United right now? Oh, for sake of conversation, I'll say yes. Uh, I said it last week on the podcast to not leave Liverpool out. This has been uh, Brandon and I's kind of rivalry uh, for some past few weeks or so. I just, I don't know, Liverpool's right there. I'm trying to remember how many points they are behind. I think two or three. Um, But yeah, it's possible. You never know. Uh, Manchester United has a very favorable run-in, but... If Man United is not concerned, that anything could happen. And if they bottled this and they did not finish top four, that would be an embarrassment. Um, but I know Brandon's going to talk me off the ledge and say everything. Yeah, right. I mean, I think Liverpool's a good team. I think Liverpool has also been um, quite lucky in some of their games to end up with this, was it, five-win streak? five-game win streak now. I think it's good. You know, every team gets lucky at some point. But, um, 
they have an easy run in too, uh, for the most part. They do play Villa, which I think Villa will actually win that game. But anyway, um, yeah, I Manchester United has a game in hand. Um, they do have a more difficult run in, like I just said. They've lost a couple key pieces of their team. And we said, Steve, this is what we said, and this is why I'm actually just going to sit on the fence with, with this conversation because we said last week that that Manchester <laughs> United were in this wet, cemented um, fourth-place position. Really yes. good analogy that we put we there. The, the, the cement is still wet. Um, very, very much so, and maybe got more liquidy, <laughs> you know, maybe too much, maybe it rained, right, when it was settling, so, mm. um, it's, it, it definitely rained twice this week, if, if you get what I'm, get what I'm saying, so, um, Liverpool's definitely in it, um, and they want to put their hands in that cement, um, and make it their own, so, I, I, I do not know, I think Manchester United will see it out, but, do not quote me on that. I'm gonna sit on the fence on this one because I'm I'm starting to turn Liverpool's way just a tad. Yeah, for me, when I start looking at things of how like that kind of three to seven spots will turn out, I mean I think Newcastle's all but solidified at third. Definitely gonna make a Champions League spot in my opinion. So I've got them finishing third. I just man, it's so hard. Manchester United, I think, have just been bit unpredictable but you have to say Liverpool at the beginning of the season were like who were they and I think they've recently found their identity again obviously their streak and form is incredible I think we'll see Liverpool fall just shy I think I think things will almost shake out exactly how they are right now just the way that things are going and happening I think more than likely, if anything will shift, I think we might see Brighton and Aston Villa switch spots. Brighton falling out of European competition and Villa coming into that final Europa Conference League spot. It just depends. But I think, yeah, third Newcastle, fourth Man U, fifth Liverpool. Tottenham sticking around in sixth and Villa sneaking in into seventh. That's how I see things shaping out. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts or predictions, but just seeing the way that, like you said, Brandon, the form and also just the run-in for Man U... I think I see them slipping over just that hair over Liverpool. Steve, do you have any predictions of the top four finishing, including six and seven? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll tell you right now what's gonna happen. Uh, no, yeah, City City's definitely gonna win the title. I think Arsenal finish second, uh, Newcastle, like we said, in third. But I'll go with the with the chaotic answer of Liverpool, especially. Um, it being their rivals, how bitter would that be? Finishing in fourth, honestly, I don't think Tottenham finished in the top six. I just don't, I can't see it happening. I think Villa and Brighton have a better chance. Um, so I'm actually only going to give up to up to five because I don't know what's going to happen. That's what I'm more interested in is, is six, seven, all that madness of Brighton playing some really great teams at the end there. Villa playing Liverpool and Tottenham. Like, this is insane how this season is ending. Um, but I I do not think Tottenham will mm-hmm. finish their top six. That's fair. Brandon, do you think Villa have any chance of sneaking in that conference spot or anything higher? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, 7-6 is definitely on the cards. I think um, Brighton have, what is that, five games left to play? So they have the games in hand if they do want to make a jump. Are they going to do that, though? They've been sort of iffy recently, and um, they do have a pretty tough run in. It's it's Arsenal, Newcastle, Southampton, who's gone at this point, Manchester City, and Villa on the last day. I'm telling you, it's going to come down to that last game. Um, who wants it more, Villa or Brighton? I think... I think it could be then because if, if Villa lose that game, let's say, Brian will probably above them at that point, and then Tottenham might slip into that seventh. I, I think it's a major race for sixth, and I think Brighton hold the advantage for sixth. I think it's honestly going to come down to Tottenham and Villa for seventh. Uh, it's so funny because they play each other this weekend. So it, it's going to be an interesting yeah. last couple games here. Yeah, and I don't think anyone necessarily saw this coming at the beginning of the season. I don't know if people were envisioning Villa rising to these heights. Um, it's been a shift since Unai Emery has taken uh, shape of um, Aston Villa taking the lead. So, yeah, we'll see how it comes down. It's very, very intriguing. So excited to see how it all turns out. But at the bottom of the league, we've had major flip-flops and crazy things happening. Bournemouth lost to Chelsea 3-1. to we saw goals from Conor Gallagher, Badia Shield, and Zhao Felix finally getting some goal. Um, and now you can safely say Chelsea have mathematically avoided relegation. Wow, what a fall from glory. Um, laughing, though, because, yeah, who would have thought that sentence would ever be uttered, especially when you had Thomas Tuchel at the helm at the beginning of the season. Things were looking quite bright and how quickly things turned um, but yeah, after losing to Man City in the midweek, West Ham went on to beat Man United 1-0 at home. Ben Rama getting the goal on a massive David De Gea mistake. Uncharacteristic um, from him, but we did see them capitalize West Ham in the Hammers. Crystal Palace losing to Tottenham 1-0. Wolves beating Villa 1-0. Man City beating Leeds, which could have been way worse, as we talked about. Um, Holland just not being on his game. And Fulham Leicester, a mega goal fest. This thing was 3-0 at half. Um, Leicester just, just getting dismantled, um, especially in a must-game win for them when they're so close to the bottom. Um, but they did start to chip away. They actually could have made this a lot closer. They ended up having two penalties, the first one being missed. Not what you want to see in a game like that, um, but ended up losing that one 5-3. Nottingham Forest, another high-scoring goal fest. Amwanyoni with two great goals. Ben Johnson and Gibbs-White are just looking like some solid players. But, guys, let's start playing some funeral music for Southampton. At this point, it feels like the nails are in the coffin. Southampton are all but down. Is this a sad day, Stephen, for Southampton fans? Should they? Will we see them back in the Premier League soon, though? Oh, my gosh. You best believe it. If Robbie Hirschman has anything to say about it, sorry, I'm just name-dropping this episode. Um, yeah, I mean... I feel like ever since I started watching the Premier League, I've seen them up. Um, so just no investment. And I think you kind of saw that they didn't strengthen enough. They have a lot of good, talented young players. Um, I don't know the situation with James Ward-Prowse. Um, that's huge question mark. Um, but once you go down to that championship, 
you don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's a whole different league and ball game down there. So honestly, who knows? <laughs> um, but I, I think it's fun when Southampton's up in the Prem St. Mary's uh, so they can sell all their players to other teams. Anyways, uh, but yeah, hopefully they come back up soon. Like, have, a, have, uh, a, have a nice ride yeah, now. It'll be interesting to see who gets to stay and who will go. I'm sure we'll see James Ward-Prowse surely leave, you would have to imagine. Um, just to sustain the club financially and also just he deserves a chance to play, I think, at a bigger club or a more successful club. Um, but we saw Brighton, they lost 5-1 to one to Everton. A massive result. I don't think anyone saw this one came out of left field. Um, how big of a result, result is this for um, Everton, Brandon, and any kind of notes from this one? Massive result, like I said in my golden scarf shout. I no one saw this coming ever, ever, ever. You would you wouldn't have predicted this at the beginning of the season, let alone here at the end of the season. Um, uh, Everton looked so different. I don't know what got into them this game. Um, counterattacking like perfectly to a T, scoring in the I think first minute was it. Um, I, I don't know when they learned how to score goals. Like they must've worked on it in practice this past week because they were scoring goals for fun. Dwight McNeil was looking like freaking prime Vinicius jr. <laughs> out there. Um, is he was looking really good. So I'm, I'm shocked. Um, Decore had a double, uh, which is weird. He started playing a little further up. Yes. Um, his first goals of yeah, the season. Yeah, there you too. go. So it's like, it's weird. Ever since Dyche took over, he's been playing this advanced like midfield slash almost like a second striker role, which is sort of weird. You would have never placed him as like the technical type, like goal scorer, but he's did it on this day, and and it was, it was a perfect timing for them, I guess I'll say, especially with Leicester losing. I think they also played later in the day, so they already had known Leicester lost five to three. So they they were riding high after this one. They gotta be. So where does that leave your thoughts in the relegation battle now, Brandon? So I said I think last week um Southampton was down, Leeds and Everton would be going down. I I'm not really sure, man. I'm not really sure. As the table stands, Southampton's in twentieth um, Leeds and Leicester are tied on um, points, 30, but just the goal differential, 10, 10 goals separating them, which is a lot. Um, Steve mentioned it last week. I think it might come down to a goal differential uh, in which Leicester City currently has the advantage over Everton. Let's say if Everton were, were to slip or Leicester were to come back even on points with them. Nottingham Forest is in 16th on 33 points. I think think they're good enough to be safe they i think we were saying four points out of the last four games would be enough to keep you up nottingham forest won this past week so that's three for them everton won this past week that's three for them are lesser city and leeds united gonna make up the ground and get four before everton nottingham forest do they just have to get one more i don't no, I don't think so. So it might stay as is Southampton leads Leicester City, but 
there's still more flip-flopping in the future, I'm sure. We'll, we'll come back next week and we'll be like, Everton are going down again. <laughs> you know, Leeds are safe. Woo! You're like, no, I, I don't know. I cannot predict it at this point. It is way too close to call. Steve might be able to, though. Oh, that, you know, I can, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gift that I do have. Uh, No, I'm with you. It's, it's insanely close, but what these opponents have coming up, like Leeds having Newcastle, West Ham, Tottenham, and then Leicester having Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham. I don't, I don't see them getting enough points out of those. And so I do think where the table currently stands is how it's going to end up with Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton. Yeah, I think for me, it's tough because Leicester had Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham. West Ham is just a big question mark. You don't know what you're going to get from them day in and day out. But Liverpool and Newcastle, obviously, fighting for those top four spots. I would pencil those in as losses for Leicester, so really, really tough. Everton, Man City, Wolves, Bournemouth, if they can just get a draw... That'll help a lot, but I would see them even potentially getting two draws out of those matchups, matchups at least. So I think Leicester probably just don't have enough gas in the tank to overcome Everton. Um, I think it's pretty clear cut from Leeds as well. I don't think they have favorable mat- favorable matchups either. Newcastle, West Ham, Tottenham. Um, yeah, if I'm. <laughs> only the last week yeah, there and who knows what will happen with them so yeah I think that bottom three for me is set it's just so hard I, I definitely don't think Forest are going down I think they're going to be safe I think Everton is looking solid if they can get at least one draw but obviously the goal differential will matter but again it depends if Liverpool and Newcastle slam Leicester that it may not matter. So we'll see. I'm going to go with the same bottom three as well. That just seems the most sense to me, Um, which leads us with our match 36 preview. Just some games to look at as we get into this 36 week of the Premier League. Arsenal and Brighton are still hoping for three points and another twist in the title race as they face a Brighton team who has been dismembered by Everton on the weekend. Brighton on the other side looks to get back on track and jump Tottenham in sixth if they can. Um, Are we penciling in an Arsenal win at home, Brandon? Oof. Um, that would be my bet. Um, but Brighton losing two in a row, hard to say they're going to do that. I think they'll give up, put up a really, really good fight. Um, but if Arsenal really want a chance of, of winning the title this year, they're going to have to beat Brighton. Yeah, they definitely will. I'll have more on this one a little bit later in my You Betcha segment. Um, Aston Villa and Tottenham, this is our supporter section derby coming at a great time out of the season. Probably one of the more intriguing games this weekend. Um, for Tottenham, a win here technically keeps Champions League hopes alive, mathematically. Um, so after those remaining two games against Brentford and Leeds, anything could happen. Um, Steve, is a win, though, in Birmingham, meaning top six is locked up? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but is it a lock with a win? Um, depending on what Brighton and Arsenal are, I would think if uh, Brighton loses to Arsenal and Tottenham win against Villa with the two remaining opponents that we have in Brentford and Leeds, Brentford's a good team, but Brentford and Leeds, all my (laughs) pessimistic 
Tottenham shenanigans away. If we do beat Villa, I think it's the momentum that that would give Tottenham um, to actually get something out of this season uh, would be what locks it up for us. Not the results exactly, but if you beat Villa in Birmingham, that would be insane. I don't think it's going to happen, but if Tottenham does that, that shows fight, that shows grit, that shows tenacity, that shows that they're not done with the season, and that shows that everything that every sports analyst has been saying about Tottenham isn't true. So I think if they're able to prove that to themselves, then I have faith <laughs> in them finishing top six. But I I don't think it'll happen, but um, if they do win this game in Birmingham, I think it's going to be an electric game. I, I'm yeah, so we'll have excited. To see. But now for Villa, Brandon, um, this is about as, mu- as a must-win as you can get. Um, this is probably their best chance. Having Tottenham at home is a great chance at three points, um, considering the, the rest of the way they have games at Anfield um, and then also a game against Brighton. So how important is a win here for the Villains? Yeah, I, I think... It- if we want to get seventh or sixth, by the way, for Tottenham, I think if you do win, it's it's you'll definitely get Europe. I think Villa's out at that point. So yeah, I think it is a must get a result for Villa. Um, and I know I will go as far as to say it is a must win. You're at home, two losses on the bounce. Uh, they were close losses, but um, and playing decent football actually. Um, but still, losing to Wolves at the, at the weekend was not a great result. Needed to at least draw. Couldn't really drop points there. We do, so that makes it a lot harder, this three-game running that we've been talking about. Um, Tottenham need to get a win. That helps us out. Liverpool and Brighton need a result in both of those as well. So it's starting to look a little bleak here. But Villa could do the double over Spurs this year. Um, Unai Emery has completely transformed this Villa squad, especially at home. Um, I'm not going to confirm that Villa is going to win this game, but I have high, high hopes that they will. I think they'll be refreshed after two losses, um, two close losses. Ollie Watkins will get on the score sheet because he hasn't scored in like a couple games at this point. Um, I think it'll, it, it'll be a close game, but I think Villa will win. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes down. I'm sure Stephen and I, if we lose, we'll be pulling our hair out because I'm sure something incredibly Tottenham happened in that one. Man United taking on Wolves, looking to do the double over Wolves this season on Saturday. However, the last time Wolves came to Old Trafford, Moutinho walking away with a late goal to give them a win. Uh, So we'll see if Man United can hold on to their Champions League hopes themselves with a game against Wolves. Everton Man City, um, Everton looking for a big result at home versus City, a team that we've mentioned are looking towards that Champions League semifinal. Maybe they'll sleepwalk into this one and get caught dreaming about that, and Everton could steal a point or potentially three. We'll have to see. And then coming around the world, as we like to do around here, this time going down a step in the pyramid to the championship playoffs, guys. I'll let you two lead this one and give the people a breakdown of what is happening down below and who might be coming up to the Premier League through the playoff system. Yeah, so this is some of the best time of the year. This I love this championship playoff. You might not have to watch the championship all year long, but you should definitely watch these playoff games. 
because these teams are fighting for wealth, a lot of money, basically, but also the chance to play in the best league in the world. Um, what an opportunity that, that is for all of their careers, all these teams, coaches, um, owners, everything. So it ended like this. Uh, Burnley first, Sheffield United second. They get automatically promoted. The next four spots play in a tournament, and those four spots are filled by third, Lutton Town on 80 points, Middlesbrough in fourth, on 75 points, Coventry in fifth on 70, and Sunderland, Sunderland in sixth on 69 points. Steve, since Sunderland is nice. your team and you, you've fallen in love with them a little bit, they will be taking on that third place team, Lutton Town. Um, you want to preview that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, Lutton Town technically has actually never even played in the Premier League. This is why we love the championship, like we were saying. Um, they got relegated from the English top division back in the 1991-92 campaign, um, just the season before the Premier League was started. And the last time Sunderland played in the Premier League was in the 2016-17 season. Um, and then a famous documentary series was born, uh, Sunderland Till I Die, which is how I fell in love uh, with the team. And it's also a great documentary to watch if you don't understand football or English football, how promotion relegation works. Anyways, um, Sunderland displays how to get relegated in back-to-back seasons. Yes, they got relegated from the Premier League, went to the championship, and in the very next season were relegated again. Um, it's it's an amazing documentary just to keep plugging it. Even the current Brighton goalkeeper Jason Steele um, is on that Sunderland team in the third division of English football. You see these names come in and pass through. You go, wait a minute, what, what? Um, but anyways, Sunderland's a huge, huge, huge club. I believe rivals to Newcastle, so it would be really fun to see them back up in the Premier League. Um, but anyways. Back to the specifics of this matchup. The previous four matchups between these teams have all been 1-1 draws. So, super exciting there. Well, guess what? In the playoffs, you can't draw. Uh, So, it's going to be a fun watch. Players to watch, uh, Carlton Morris, 27 years old. He's a forward of Lentontown. He had 20 goals and 6 assists this year. Third in the Golden Boot race up in the championship. And then, Ethan Horvath. Ethan Horvath, yes. He's an American goalkeeper. Um, he huddles around that third to fourth kind of tier in the U.S. system. So he's the goalkeeper for Lenton Town. That's really exciting. Um, Ahmad Diallo, 20-year-old Manchester United lone E, is on Sunderland. He scored 13 goals, three assists this year. That's also another fun thing. You get to see big teams loan their players out to these other teams. Um, and you have former Tottenham player Jack Clark, um, probably could fit in a team right now, honestly. Anyways, uh, Jack Clark, he plays for Sunderland. He has nine goals, 11 assists on the year. Um, it's going to be exciting. There will be goals, and there has to be a winner. So I'm really excited. I'd love to get y'all's predictions. You know I'm going Sunderland till I die, of course. Um, I will be watching this game with my dad, who I watched the documentary with. As a friend, oh, no, I just so feel like excited. I have to support you and pick Sunderland. Yeah, I think Sunderland's probably all around the better team with goals and assists coming from everywhere. 
Um, if they can shut down Carlton Morris from Lutton, I think they have a really good chance, but that dude can score some goals. So uh, it's going to be tough for them, but I think my heart is also with Sunderland there. Um, for the second, I'll take the second game. It's Coventry versus Middlesbrough. Um, it does mark a, re- a remarkable rise for Coventry, which was last in the Premier League in 2001. They had a bunch of financial troubles and issues, and they were actually all the way down to the fourth tier of English football. Fought their way back up. Um, I think wow. came came up uh, two seasons ago to the championship, if I'm not mistaken, maybe three at this point. Um, and had a great season, obviously. And so they're fighting to get back up to the premier league. Middlesbrough was relegated in the 16, 17 season and has not been back since. So they've, they've had some time in the premier league, um, and they're fighting to get back to that glory. So it's, it's, it's a really good matchup we have here as well. Um, since 2020 Middlesbrough has won three, Coventry has won two. There's been one draw between these two teams. Some players to watch out for is Victor Jokeresh, 24-year-old forward for Coventry, had 21 goals and 10 assists. He's doing it all for them. Second in the golden boot race in the championship. Then you have Gustavo Hammer, um, Hammer maybe, 25-year-old midfielder from Coventry with nine goals, 11 assists, producing from that midfield position. Then you have, wait, Another American goalkeeper? Yes, that's right. Zach Steffen, X-Man City, um, 28 years old. He is the starting goalkeeper for Middlesbrough, trying to get them up to the Premier League. That would be a story there. Circle that one. Chuba Akpom, 27-year-old midfielder slash forward for Middlesbrough, won the golden boot this year with 28 goals in the championship with two assists as well. Baller. What a guy. If they do not go up, he will definitely be picked off and be playing in the Premier League next year. Book that. And then Cameron Archer, I had to throw this one in there. 21-year-old Villa Loney to Middlesbrough. He's a forward, 11 goals and 6 assists. That's some production right there from Loney. So good for him. It's going to be a great game. Cole, you have any predictions on this one? I was looking at their records. I mean, you look at Middlesbrough, 22 wins, 9 draws versus Coventry, 18 wins, 16 draws. It seems like it's just a do-or-die kind of thing for Middlesbrough. They score a crap ton of goals, 84 on the season compared to Coventry's 58. So, I mean, you just look at their production value. I mean, and you think about what they have. Zach Steffen in goal is a big help. Um, so I'm just going to go based off of those things, knowing they're solid in goal and they're solid up front. I'm going to take Middlesbrough to move on from this matchup. Um, fun fact about Middlesbrough, I don't know if you guys remember this, when they got relegated, another American goalkeeper made his way down south to Atlanta. Brad Guzan. Yes, the last time that Middlesbrough was in the Premier League, Brad Guzan was their goalkeeper. Stefan, <laughs> I'm not putting that juju on you. Um, I hope that you play way better than that. Um, and also, don't and forget the last time he was in the cup final kind of S situation. He also had a rough go at it. So, yeah, hopefully he can get on the brighter side of things this time. Yeah. I'm with you. I think Middlesbrough has the upper hand here. Their offensive production is too good for Coventry in these legs. And hopefully it'll be Middlesbrough versus Sunderland. We'll, we'll preview that when that comes around. 
Yes, we will. And that brings us now over the pond to the CONCACAF Champions League. We had our semifinal matchups between the Philadelphia Union and LAFC and Tigres and Lyon. We saw LAFC take the lead over um, the Union. They took it 4-1 to one over two legs. And then we saw Lyon in a tighter matchup beat Tigres 4-3. to three. So now we'll have a two-leg final. May 31st will be played in Lyon. And the second leg played June 4th in Los Angeles. A chance for an MLS team to win back-to-back Champions League titles. Will it happen? That remains to be seen. We'll definitely give you guys a proper preview and matchup and all that when we get a little bit closer to that final matchup. But last week, the guys went at it in the MLS Fast Five. We had Cincinnati and DC United. You guys got the correct winner being Cincinnati, but no correct result. FC Dallas and St. Louis didn't play. San Jose, LAFC, Steven, you got the right winner, but Brandon got the correct result, 2-1, to one, in favor of San Jose. Steven missing out on New England, Toronto, Brandon getting the right winner, New England. Steve correctly predicting Inter-Miami's win, 2-1 to one, over Atlanta United. Brandon unfortunately missed on that one. So, finishing off, you guys both had one correct prediction each, but Brandon in total... I think you take that MLS Fast Five last week. Congratulations. A little round of applause for yourself. But we're going to move on to match week 11, our preview for MLS Fast Five. A chance to predict which games we think will go down correctly. Starting with a New York Derby, New York Rebel versus NYCFC. Steven, get us started on your prediction for this one as we wrap things up. I got one goal to the little sign, boys. One goal is all it's going to be for NYCFC. I think Red Bulls will have a new manager bounce after fighting their manager this last week. 2-1 in Trenton. Yeah, it's not looking good. I don't know if I believe in the new manager bounce in MLS as much as I do for the Premier League. I'm going 2-1 in favor of NYCFC. Atlanta United at home playing host to the 12th place Charlotte FC. Steven, your thoughts on this one? I think Atlanta United is looking for revenge. Um, Just in a poor poor result, like I said, Miami. Um, I think they destroy Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte's a good team. And I think Atlanta United at home released a lot of frustration. So I got three. Brandon, a chance for Pineda to potentially get some favor back in your eyes in this one? Yeah, still, still not convinced by Pineda, but we're still in fourth. Um, I think once we get Yakamakis back, which I think he might be back, not entirely sure on his health status, but um, if we get him back, I think it will be a blowout, like Steve said. If not, which I'm going to guess right now, he won't be. I'm going to say it's close, but LA United will be bouncing back with a win, 2-1. to one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going 2-2 two, two on this one. It depends. Yeah, if Yorgos is healthy, if Thiago is healthy and playing, um... I'm just not exactly confident. Um, we've had a, a slip in form recently. I think a draw would be a positive result and maybe um, what will happen in this one. Austin FC, not where they want to be this season in 12th place, playing host to FC Dallas. Steve, your thoughts? Um, a draw. That's my thoughts. Not too many other thoughts around it. Uh, I think Austin FC try to get back into form. Yeah, and just I think it's uh, an electric draw. I said 3-3 on this one. 
I'm going 2-1 for the Verde. Houston Dynamo and the Seattle Sounders, probably the best matchup of the week. Sixth place Dynamo versus the first place Sounders. Steve, who do you have in this one? Um, carrying that electricity, hey uh into this one, I think Seattle's going to win 3-2. I, I think, think the Dynamo have been going a little bit under the radar this year, playing playing pretty solidly. I know they're only in sixth, but um, at home, I think they can get a result. We've traveled there. Um, we know what that crowd can get like when they're pumping. Um, it's, it's. I think Dynamo will win one nothing. I have a 1-1 draw. Seattle can do just enough to keep their momentum going atop the Western Conference. Columbus and Orlando, 6 versus 9, making an intriguing number together. But you guys have what predictions? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I had it 0-0, but I just remembered my cold night in Columbus of Atlanta getting destroyed. And even though it is Orlando, I hope Columbus lose 1-0. So I'm going to go 1-0 Orlando. I think Columbus, Columbus is pretty good at home, so I do not think they will be losing this game. I think they will win. I'm going 2 nothing Columbus. I'm going to go in favor for Orlando this time, 2-0. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's an MLS game. Anything can happen between these two teams. No telling. What will happen, 2-0 is my best prediction that I can give. Which brings us to our final segment, You Betcha. This goes without saying we're just amateur bettors, and this is the way betting advice. But our chance to predict what happens in these big games, like the Champions League and the Premier League, and our locks for this week begin with Steven, who might have an intriguing one to begin with. Yes, uh, a bet to shock the world. I am betting... On Everton to draw, not to win, but to draw. It's a, a plus 425 on the money line for all the reasons that we stated in this podcast. I'm not going to get all the way back into it, but I think Man City's head is just maybe somewhere else. And Everton's fighting for survival, and I think Sean Dyche has given me the confidence that he can get it done. So I'm going for a Everton draw. Wow. At That's Ghost ambitious. Park. I also wanted to take that one, but you got it before I did. Uh, Brandon, what do you have as your luck for this week? Well, I think that's $2 lost, but we'll make up that $2 with my bet here. Uh, in the <laughs> Champions League, the Milan Derby, I think, will end in a draw in the first leg. It's plus 220. I think it's a pretty safe bet. Both teams, like I said earlier, stalemate. It could go either way. In that instance, I'm just going to go with a draw. Fair enough. I like that. Um, for me, we mentioned Arsenal's dire need to be getting nine points out of their last games. Brighton, though, also hungry for points. I think they do enough to go to the Emirates and get a draw. Those odds are at plus 310. Brighton have not lost back-to-back games since October. They're coming off a loss. I don't think it'll happen again, so that means they have to at least get a draw. Um, I'm thinking that'll happen. Last time they lost two games was Brentford and Tottenham. Sort of similar thing to what just happened this past week. So a draw for me is my luck. You can bet on that. And that means we have reached the end of another Supporter Section podcast episode, this one being episode 69. We hope you enjoyed our time together today. If you made it this far, please do leave a like on this video. Give us some predictions. Give us some comments down below. And subscribe if you have not already. We are so close to hitting 100 subscribers. And thank you for getting us to this point so far. Share with a friend and let us know more down below in the comments. 
I have been Cole Carter. They have been Brandon Pacenick and Steven Curl. Enjoy your week and some fabulous football. We will see you all in the next one. Until then, peace out. <laughs>